in case you missed last week, in case you missed last week, we talked about Lazarus. So we talked about Jesus' friend Lazarus and, and his sisters, Mary and Martha. And we ended with Jesus finally showing up and showing his face to the, the family who called on him several days earlier, asking for him to show up, letting him know that Lazarus wasn't, he, he was going to die. And so he was standing there. Jesus finally shows up. He's standing there face to face with Martha. And she uttered these powerful words. She said, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. And this is where I think a lot of times for us in this room, we kind of find ourselves in a similar place. Maybe your brother's not dying, but we find ourselves in a similar place at different times. And maybe what we're saying was like, God, I needed you in this moment. Or maybe we're like, Jesus, I asked you to do this. Or I asked you this and nothing. So for days, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus had thought like the moral of their story was going to be death. Like, like, oh, you can't count on God. Like, he's going to let you down. However, that's not the story that Jesus saw. And that's not the story that Jesus wanted to tell. So here's what we're going to do tonight. We did this last week. We're going to do this again this week. It's just something different that we're going to do. Would everyone stand with me? We're going to stand together for the reading of God's word. So if you brought your Bible tonight, we are in John 11. <laughs> We're in John, John 11, starting in verse 17. I'm going to read it. If you got your Bible, share it with the person next to you. If you didn't, you can just read along with me up on the screen. So listen, listen, it says this. And, and if you would, please be reverent to the reading of the scripture. It says this, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you only had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, <clears throat> your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at that last day. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I've always believed that you're the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who's coming to the world from God. Then she uttered to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. And when the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed that she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said basically the same thing that her sister said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and he saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. 
a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told him. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I say it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in head cloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Jesus, I love you. I thank you for tonight. I thank you for this moment we have together. I thank you for these words and how they're going to speak to our hearts tonight. We thank you for this moment we got. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat. I know that was, thank you for hanging in there with me. I know that was a pretty good chunk of scripture that we read together, but it's really important that we, we see this, we know this, we understand what's going on in this story and in this moment. So last week, we talked about the bad news. We talked about the bad news that's going on. We talked about how she showed up and she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. <clears throat> and we all have moments like this. We all experience things like this. We all cry, cry out to God with similar complaints. Like that's the bad news. However, here's the good news, that even now, God can raise the dead. He can breathe life into horrible situations in your life. Notice the statement that Martha said to Jesus. She said, Lord, if only you had been here. And then she goes on to say, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. So tonight, let's not beat around the bush here. Like we spent last week kind of looking through a dark tunnel that seemed to have no light at the end of it. And so we need to make this, like we, we have no need to make this story of Lazarus even worse and even more depressing tonight. Like there's not a situation, I want you to know this tonight, that there's not a situation in your life on this earth that God cannot breathe hope into. There's not a circumstance that you are in or you've been in that is so sinful and so fallen that it it cannot be redeemed by the Redeemer. There's not an aspect of creation that cannot be made a new creation by the one and true creator. Furthermore, there is no grave filled with death that our Savior cannot speak life into. So even now, God can bring life into your situation. Even now, Jesus can breathe life into your existence. Even now, the Holy Spirit can create life out of death. So we said last time that perhaps Jesus, maybe he strategically waited to show up until the fourth day in the tomb because there was this, we talked about this last week, that there was this kind of this common belief in this time that, that the soul or the spirit of the, per, the dead person would hover over the body for three days waiting for an opportunity to enter back in the body. There was this belief back in this time, this is not something that we believe, but that's something that people believed back in these days. So for three days, there was no hope. And Jesus, he waited until it was hopeless to show that there's no such thing as hopelessness. So today, 
Tonight, if, if you remember nothing else that I say tonight, which there is a pretty good chance that you might zone out for a moment. I, I'm realistic. I know this might happen tonight. So there, if, there's, <clears throat> if you're taking notes tonight, I really want you to write this down. Um, if, if you remember nothing else, I beg you to remember this. If you are in this room and if you're a follower of Jesus, there's no such thing as hopelessness. Tonight, if you're in this room, you're a follower of Jesus. There's no such thing as hopelessness. See, I follow a God who can do whatever he wants, and he can, do, <clears throat> he can do it whenever he wants to do it. Nothing is ever hopeless with God. Now, does that just totally negate, like, suffering and struggling? Like, does that completely wipe out the, Lord, if you would have been here moments? No, we've talked about this before. As believers, there's going to be times where we're going to face suffering. There's going to be times where we're going to struggle. There's going to be times in our lives that, that we're going to have, have temptations and things. But however, though, <clears throat> it's never hopeless. Even now, all hope is not lost. So I don't know what you're dealing with, and I don't know how long that you've been struggling. Like a few minutes ago, um, we've gathered around some friends and prayed for them and people who are dealing with some things. And I, and I imagine, I got to know that there's more people in the room who didn't respond, that maybe they should have responded, that if you're needing freedom or deliverance from things tonight, tonight is your night. And we're going to have a moment again at the end of the night tonight that before you start this school year, you need to be delivered from some things. You need to let go of some things, and we're going to have a moment to do that tonight. And I don't know how long you've been struggling or dealing with this thing, but you need to get through it, and you need to find deliverance from God from this tonight. And I can tell you tonight that all hope is not lost. I don't say that because it's my own opinion. I say that because that's the authority of Jesus Christ. All hope is not lost. See, Martha, <clears throat> she's grieving the loss of her brother. And, and made an incredible statement of faith. She told Jesus that she believed that he had the power to raise her brother to life on the last day and give him everlasting life. <clears throat> in the midst of death, Martha spoke everlasting life in the perfection with God. See, in the grand scheme of things, like... <clears throat> In the grand scheme of things, this little blip on the radar that we call life, like it doesn't really matter as much as we think it does, especially when we're trusting in a God who has true life and a life that can last forever. Like we may live on this earth for decades, but that's nothing compared to forever that you'll live in heaven and have a relationship with Jesus. And here's the thing. Martha said this. She said, I know that he'll raise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said, true, but that's not all. That's not it. See, if you read the Bible, you'll see and you'll know it. If you've heard about Jesus, probably you'll know he performed all kinds of miracles. Like he started with, at a wedding, he started with turning water into wine. And from there, he began to cast out demons. He began to heal the sick. And he, he basically did whatever was needed. He, he was blessed people. He healed people. He touched people's lives. All of those who came in contact with him, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they knew Jesus as the healer miracle man. But what they're about to know him as much more. 
So he told Martha, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. See, Martha, she was talking about doctrine, but Jesus was talking about immediate life, the, the immediate fact of life. Martha was looking towards the future and like a day where there will be a new heaven and a new earth, a.k.a. heaven. And however, Jesus, he's talking about our present reality. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. It's not just a statement talking about everlasting life. It's for the here and for the now. The resurrection, the power of Jesus Christ, it's not only for after you die. It's for us right now. So th this means that we don't just become Christians because we want to go to heaven, right? I think a lot of us, we get caught up in like, oh, I want to be a Christian because I don't want to miss heaven. That that's not what it's about. Like heaven is just the perk of having a relationship with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about having a relationship with Jesus. See, we become followers of Jesus because we want to know Jesus and his power of resurrection in our lives and, and right here, right now, at this very moment. And the perk of knowing Jesus and following Jesus is eternal life, is heaven. So Jesus didn't respond to Martha by saying, well, I can, I can resurrect him. I, I, I'm able to perform a miracle resurrecting a dead body. Like, that's not what he said. It wasn't about the fact that he had the power to bring Lazarus back to life. It was about the fact that he was the resurrection. See, you can put faith in him tonight because of who he is. You can put your hope in him because of who he is. You can trust him because of who he is. This is not about what Jesus can do. It's all about who he is. Think about it this way. Jesus, he was able to resurrect Lazarus. Um, but as cool as that miracle was, think about this. Like Lazarus was going to die again later on right? Like he was going to continue to live life, grow old and die later on, like at, at a later time. So it, it didn't matter as much as what Jesus can do, but it mattered more than anything else that, that he was and he is the resurrection and the life. See, Jesus told Martha that he wasn't about raising up Lazarus on the last day, but he was about him being resurrected in the life right now in the midst of dead circumstances. And then he asked her this, and this is our question for tonight. Do you believe this? See, this is something that Jesus, one of these days, is going to ask every single one of us. At one point or another, you're going to be asked, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Jesus didn't ask her, do you believe what I can do? Do you believe that in, in the miracles that I can perform? Like Jesus asked Martha and he asks us, do you believe in who I am? Will you put your trust in who I am? And then did you notice too that Jesus didn't ask her like, do you understand? Like Jesus knows that, he knows that we're not going to be able to fully understand suffering and grief and pain. Like, like even just this week and just this past week of all the stuff that's going on in Haiti and Afghanistan. And we're like, I don't understand. And, and here's the deal. On this side of heaven, we're not going to fully understand the, the, the 
all of life. We're not going to understand why things happen to certain people and why things don't happen to certain people. We're not going to fully understand all of these things, but he's asking us tonight, do you believe? Do you believe in me? We're going to have our doubts at times, and we're going to have our issues at times, and and we're going to have our struggles at times, but we have to believe in who he is, that he is the resurrection and he is the life. Martha, she sent word for her sister. Mary, come speak to Jesus. Come and see Jesus. Jesus looked around at that moment, and he saw not only Mary, but he saw a whole crowd of people that came with Mary. They were grieving the loss of Lazarus. And then in verse 35, the Bible gives us this verse that you should probably memorize. If you haven't memorized it, you've probably heard it, and you'd be like, oh, it's, I can remember that one. Shortest verse in the whole Bible. And it's, it's, like, it's become like a joke to a lot of people because it is the shortest verse in, in the whole Bible, but it basically says, Jesus wept. Two words, shortest verse in the whole Bible. And, and this is just in some funny little memory verse or a fun trivia fact, like, what's the shortest verse in the Bible? Jesus wept. Like, it, it's, it's so much more than that. See, here's the thing about it tonight. Like, we have a God who weeps. The one true God, he's not so distant and he's not so disconnected from our times of struggling and pain. It's one thing to know that God exists. It's another entirely different thing to know that he cares. You can have a big God who just exists and who's there and who created things. And who, yeah, it's a, it's a water thing that fell over. Everybody cool? All right. So it's a, it's a, he he's exists, but he also really cares. Jesus wept, and he didn't weep over Lazarus, not out of like grief for the loss of a friend. Jesus wept out of the sorrow for the brokenness and the pain that he felt for people. Riley and I were talking about this today, and and um, one thing she, she pointed out, and maybe. Maybe Jesus wept about, and I found this interesting, maybe what Jesus was weeping about is that he's got to bring Lazarus back from heaven. Like, no, like, I want to be there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, Jesus knows how great heaven is, heaven is and how wonderful it is. And like, ah, but I got to bring him back. Oh, I'm so sad about that because it's so good. Maybe that's what he was weeping about. See, our, our pain moves the very heart of God. Our mourning causes God to mourn with us. God is not some like high in the sky creator who's just watching and and waiting um, and not getting too involved because he couldn't care less. Apparently, God couldn't care more. And he relates to us. He understands our pain. He's feeling pain simply because he uh, he, he doesn't like seeing us in pain. He knows how it's going to, how it's, how he's going to bring us out of it. But just like a good friend, he doesn't leave us or he doesn't ignore us in our time of suffering. So I'm about to wrap up. So, so after this, this kind of amazing picture of this loving, this personal side of Jesus, um, we're going to look at the, real quick, the authoritative and the miraculous side of him. And he called out for the mourners and he told them this, he said, take away the stone. So Lazarus, he was buried in this place, and they rolled this big old stone in front of it to, to block out this burial place because 
it, it, was, it was a tomb. And he told them, he said, take away the stone. And, and, and here's this, catch this, and I kind of find this funny. Like, this is the complaint that the people made. Lord, he's been in there for four days. Like, the smell would be terrible, right? Like, and, and, and I, I know this too, like, this is, this is the way the King James Version says it, and I like the way this says it. It says, Lord, by now he stinketh. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm glad you don't stinketh. <clears throat> but the smell, and that was their complaint. Jesus was like, hey, you've seen me do miracles. You've seen me do all this stuff. It's, it's been four days. He's been dead for four days. Now go roll away the stone. And they're like, oh, but he, he could stinketh. <laughs> like, seriously, Jesus, he was ready to perform an absolute incredible miracle. And when he told them to move the stone away, their response was, hey, he, it probably smells in there. God, like, death has eaten away at Lazarus for days now. It's, it's probably not a pretty sight in there. And tonight, for a lot of us in this room, God's calling us to remove that stone in our life. And the stone that's, that's hiding death in our lives so that he can deal with it. And when we talk about death, we're talking about sin. We're talking about things that are separating us from God. However, sometimes we're, what we're too worried about, we're too worried about exposing ourselves. Because if we take away that stone, people may see and smell the death or the sin that we've experienced or that we're living in. But in order for Jesus to bring life into our dead situations, we need to be willing to put up with the smell for a little bit. So I want you to consider, consider this for yourselves tonight. That we, we have times of struggling. We have times of suffering. We have times of death. We, we can't be afraid to, to smell of the smell and to just hide it away tonight. We've got to be honest. We've got to be honest with ourselves and with God and with others and allow Jesus to be the resurrection and the life in our lives. It doesn't matter how it smells tonight. We've got to take the stone away. So after a bit of convincing, they moved the stone away and Jesus prayed. And notice real quick, when Jesus prayed, he says this. He says, Father, Thank you for hearing me. See, when Jesus said that, he wasn't just saying, God, you're always listening. Or he wasn't just saying, like, I know, God, that you can hear me. What this meant was that Jesus, he had prayed for Lazarus before. And this isn't the first time he would prayed for Lazarus and what was happening here. This means that no matter how dead you may feel like your situation is, no matter how long that you've been waiting for God to show up and do something, no matter how distant your resurrection and life may seem in your life, that he's thought about you and he's prayed for you too. This means that when we're in the valleys of life, that God is still there with us when he doesn't answer or, or show up, would we ask him or when, when we expect him to? He's still there. So Jesus, he cried out in a loud voice and he had to yell in a loud voice because we know that dead people are really hard of hearing. And the death of Lazarus turned into a story about resurrection and about new life. And I wanna to suggest to every one of you guys in this room tonight, that Jesus, 
he can take what you're going through. He can take what you're going through and he can turn it around and he can take the most hopeless things that you feel like that you're dealing with. He can take the most hurtful things that you are dealing with and going through. He can take the biggest things that you're struggling with, the death-filled situation into a story of life. Tonight, you need to take a step to roll away that stone. Maybe you've faced a dead situation for days or months or years. Maybe you've wondered where God is and, and, and is he going to do something? And I want you to hear right now that Jesus, he's calling for you. Tonight, do you believe who he is? Do you believe who he is? Jesus can do whatever he wants to. But let's not focus on what he can do and lose sight of who he is in our hard times. Like he's still our redeemer. He's still our creator. He's still our savior. He's still the resurrection and the life. Even when he seems distant, like what we talked about last week, like, and you can't even get a sense of him and what you're going through. What's happening is he's currently, he's lifting you up before God the Father in prayer. And he'll bring life to your dead situation one way or another. Because the last thing is this, I want you to know this. There's no such thing as hopelessness to Jesus. There's no such thing as hopelessness to Jesus.